Are you struggling to get your project off the ground? Is the term research a dirty word? Need help finding more resources? Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Center for Nursing Inquiry podcast. I'm Nadine Rosenblum, a Nursing Inquiry Coordinator. And with me today is Maddie Whalen, our Evidence-Based Practice Coordinator. Hey, Maddie. Hey, Nadine. So we are talking today about the Johns Hopkins Evidence-Based Practice for Nurses and Healthcare Professionals Model and Guidelines, the fourth edition. And we are going through each of the appendices that are in the back of the book. Um, so we are actually on Appendix J, also known as the Publication Guide. So Maddie, tell us about Publication Guide. So um, like you said, we are on our very last tool, our last appendix. Um, so we've brought ourselves all the way through the EBP process. Um, and this was one of the tools that we added to the most recent version of the book. Um, and that was for a couple different reasons. Um, but one of them was that we really want to encourage people to disseminate their EBP projects, not only internally to their internal stakeholders, but also to publish so that other people can take advantage of the awesome work that you did. So if you've done an amazing EBP and you publish it, not only might that have an impact on your organization, but if other people are able to read your EBP, they actually might be able to translate to that to their setting. And so you could have an impact beyond just your department. You could have an impact to other hospitals um, across the country or even the world. So this tool is to help walk you through each of the components of a high quality um, EBP project and what needs to be included if you're starting to put it together for publication in a peer-reviewed journal. Okay, so the why part of why you made this particular tool is pretty much to help people figure out what they need to put together in order to disseminate their information? Yeah, and this actually came um, a little bit because I had tried to write up some EVPs that I had done, and it was a little confusing, honestly, because the traditional headers of a scientific paper are usually introduction, methods, results, discussion. However, the EVP process didn't neatly fit into those headers. And so things like the number of articles that you got as your, um, from your literature search, was that gonna, would that go in methods or would that go in results? With your synthesis, would that go in results or would that go in discussion? And so there isn't a um, nationally or internationally established guideline on reporting an EVP project. There are four quality improvement projects called the Squire Guidelines 2.0. Um, and then many different types of research studies have an associated writing guideline, um, for example, a PRISMA guideline for writing up a systematic review, but that didn't exist for EVP. And so this was an attempt to make it as straightforward as possible in terms of what you need to report, where it would go in a paper, as well as if you've done the full EVP process, you likely already have most of this information written in one of your tools. And so we crosswalked the prompts with where, which appendix you would go to to look for the information. So if you filled out your appendix B really well, your question development tool, you likely almost have your introduction to your paper completely written. Um, and similarly, as you move through the rest of the um, prompts, you can go to your appendices and pull information that you've already done so you're not starting from scratch. Oh, I can see that now. I'm scrolling through the pages. And it's really nicely laid out. It definitely shows you exactly what you need to put right exactly where. And it nearly writes it for you. Yeah, and this is also a great tool when you're working with a team. 
Um, most of the time, like we said, EBTs are done in teams, and so the writing ends up being done in teams. But especially people who are a little newer to writing, um, a lot of times people have a hard time keeping track of what's supposed to go where in a paper, and so you end up having people sort of bleeding into other sections. And so what's nice about this is you can assign a section and it's extremely explicit about what needs to be included so that the writers on the paper aren't starting to fill in sections that don't belong to them, which really creates more work for them because they're doing more writing, and it ends up creating more work for the person at the end trying to put it all together because they're having to go back through and try and consolidate or delete things that don't need to be there. I can see that. This is really, uh, it's pretty clear who needs to write what where. So that is excellent. So I do have a question, though. You know, tell me more about the importance of dissemination. Why, why does anyone else really care to know what I discovered or my team discovered in our EBP process? So um, I know we had talked about this with our Appendix A, that um, decision tree about whether we need to do an EVP or not. And one of the decision points was, does a recent relevant high quality evidence synthesis exist? And that question, interestingly, um, you could be the answer to that question. If your team does a rigorous relevant evidence synthesis, someone might be able, in a different setting, might be able to say yes to that question and they could potentially use your EVP to translate to their setting. And so this is a way to spread the word and really make the lives of every all nursing and healthcare easier in that you're sharing the information. And so we don't need to do five EVPs on the same subject. We can just do one. And if we publish it, then other people can assess how we did it, see if it fits for what, they're, what they need, and then they can translate. And so you're actually able to impact practice way beyond just inside your organization. That makes me feel very powerful. Exactly. Okay, great. Um, is there anything um, in particular that you feel you want to highlight about this tool? Um, so I did just want to mention that we actually are working on making this a more formal process. We're going through, we're designing a research study to be able to create writing guidelines that could actually eventually be posted on the Clearinghouse for, for Scholarly Writing Guidelines, which is called the Equator Network, if you ever want to look it up. If you're trying to write up a paper, it's a great place to go to see if um, a rubric already exists. Um, some people feel a little bit, I think, boxed in by this. Um, they kind of want to be able to have more free-flowing ideas, and this is very prescriptive. But I know for myself and I know a lot of other people, it's actually really helpful because it, again, almost functions as a checklist, um, a grading rubric, a template, for what you need to put in and you literally just need to follow the prompts. It has um, the overall header, it has the section as well as some um, information in sort of a gray font or gray text that gives you even more information to describe what you should be putting in there. So read it carefully and then if you're confused about, well if you think maybe something should go one place versus another, you can read through the whole guide and say, oh, okay now I see where this fits. Um, so even if you're assigned a certain section but you're getting a little bit confused about what you should or shouldn't include, feel free to look at the other sections and that might tell you very clearly that the information you're thinking about including should actually actually belong somewhere else. Okay, that's great. I think it'll be really helpful um, to have a tool, a guide like that um, for people for writing because, you know, for quality improvement projects, we can use the Squire 2.0 and that definitely is a similar kind of, am I right, that this is a similar kind of idea um, for structuring your reporting. 
Exactly. So when we put this together, we did look at the SPIRE guidelines, we looked at the PRISMA guidelines, the Cochrane guidelines, as well as an article that had been published about um, the components of a high-quality EVP and sort of pull all those things together to be able to put together something similar that sort of hit on all the high-level um, components of other writing guidelines that apply for an EVP. Yeah, and I can see in, the, in, in this tool here, it's broken out like a, like a kind of a typical um, study report or article title and abstract introduction methods and within those sections it, it like you said it describes specifically what appendices to pull from and the particular kinds of information to include there so this this looks like really extremely helpful for writing up your information so that you can disseminate it and there are multiple different ways to do that right Maddie? Yep. So this is specifically for writing for publication in a peer-reviewed journal. Um, there's other things for external dissemination. Um, I know that we kind of, there isn't a tool other than those that stakeholder communication tool for internal dissemination, but I don't want to forget to mention that that's also really important. Um, we also have um, conference uh, podium and uh, poster presentations, um, as well as um, being able to report out through op-eds and things like that. So those are all sort of approaches that you can use to spread the word. And if you're not sure what to do, we do have a ton of resources in the Center for Nursing Inquiry. Um, we have several workshops about publishing for, uh, writing for publication. Uh, we have podcasts, videos, um, and tons of other resources that you can use if you would like to um, put something together for publication, either an EVP or anything else that you'd like to write about. Well, that's great information to have and to share. Thank you, Maddie. Um, is there anything else that you want to share with us before we wrap this podcast up today? Um, I just want to emphasize that I think that dissemination, even though it's the last, because it is the last step, I think it gets forgotten about, but this is a tool you can use to really make your work be powerful, again, way beyond the walls of your organization. And I it's sort of one of those things that you don't know how to do it until you do it. You don't know how to buy a car until you bought a car. You don't know how to buy a house until you bought a house. Um, you don't know how to run a marathon until you run a marathon. And so you don't know how to publish until you publish. And so we have, we are here to support you. We have tons of resources for both experienced writers as well as brand new writers. And we're happy to help walk you through the process. It can be really intimidating, but it is so important. And we really want to be able to add to the um, state of the literature and the science of nursing. And this is a really good way to do it. Okay, that's wonderful. Thank you so much for all that information and for sharing your knowledge and wealth with us. Um, okay, so that is the end of the podcast for today and the series on appendices to the Johns Hopkins Evidence-Based Practice for Nurses and Healthcare Professionals Model and Guidelines. Um, you can reach out to the Center for Nursing Inquiry with any of your inquiry questions, concerns, ideas, proofreads, all of those things um, by going to the website. We have an intranet site at Hopkins Medicine, and we also have an external website. So you can Google Center for Nursing Inquiry. On our homepage there, you can find all of these tools um, in the Inquiry Toolkit under the main menu. You can also email us at nursinginquiry at jhmi.edu. Um, and we'll be happy to get in touch. So once again, I have goodbye, Maddie. Thanks for your help. Thanks, Nadine. And see you next time. Bye-bye.